my uh, my interest these days is uh, on the, the legal uh, aspects in, in our country, um, uh, especially, um, and uh, and I kind of uh, collect uh, uh, the, these funny things. Uh, just on Friday, I ran across this news article. The headline says, "California court rules bees are fish." Hmm. So, so, so I'm not making it up. No, I, um, I mean, it's it's just I mean, it's just a silly thing, uh, and you know, the, something le- legislatively they could have. It was for some reason to protect the bees for the farmers in California, but you know, instead of going through the legislative process and saying, "Oh, we we missed when we wrote the law for the Endangered Species Act, we didn't include insects." So instead of adding insects, you know, the court has to rule. Okay, we'll make bees fish, right, to, to do it. But um, so poorly, poorly written law, perhaps, and and a, we, so we get a judicial um, solution, which is absurd. Um, the, the U.S. Constitution is not so poorly written as uh, Pastor was just uh, noting, um, and. Uh, and Roe versus Wade is a great travesty against that, and I'm going to go through several reasons why abortion should be ruled unconstitutional in all 50 states. I'm going to start off with Isaiah 10, verses 1 and 2. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey, and robbing the fatherless. This was uh, God's pronouncement to uh, his people Israel in the days of uh, Isaiah. I think by Isaiah, I think the, uh, the northern kingdom had fallen, so it's mostly Judah. Um, so, uh, so Roe versus Wade is uh, such a, just such an unjust and oppressive law that God condemns, right? Who is poorer than a baby in the womb. Uh, the child is totally dependent on his mother for all the necessities of life. And if the connection is broken, the child will die, right? We know that. Um, I hope I'm not telling you anything new. Um, God tells Isaiah to declare woe to those who make such laws and who, quote, rob the fatherless. Uh, and isn't that what abortion does? Uh, selfish parents don't want to give their money to support to their child, so they kill the baby and they can spend it all on themselves. And what they're doing, they don't trust in God to provide their daily bread uh, for themselves and for their children. Um, I've, my theory is that I think a good interpreter of Scripture would also make a good interpreter of the law. I don't know that we see too many um, Lutheran judges and, and around, but, uh, but I believe... Uh, uh, Rehnquist was, yeah. Um, that was the last one, but he's not here with us anymore. Um, but this is my theory. Uh, conversely, a bad theologian uh, is, and a bad interpreter of the Bible makes for a, a bad interpreter of the law. And I'm, I'm, saying, I'm thinking the, bad, the presence of bad theology and biblical misinterpretation among Christian denominations in our country is a primary cause of the current chaotic state of our government at all branches and levels administrative, legislative, and judicial at the local, state, and federal levels. Now, I'm not a lawyer. This is my disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not trained in the law. 
Um, and what I'm presenting is not exactly how the law is interpreted in the United States, but what I'm saying is this is how it should be, right? Uh, especially if you have good written laws like the Constitution, um, you should interpret it as it is written. Um, is, is, and that's what is good and proper. Are you making a tie between, in biblical Christianity, people who do not see the scripture as the final word and, and people who see the Constitution as a living document? Exactly. Exactly. It's the same, it's the same idea. Yeah. It is. Um, You're right. It came from the church. We should, and we should, and, and what, what makes a good law, I should say, is that which corresponds to God's law because God is good and his law is good. If we all follow the Ten Commandments, this would be a much better place, even if sin still ruled in the world, because there would be, there would be forgiveness and we would, we would repent of our wrongdoing before it got too far out of hand, right? That's what the, the, the laws on coveting are for uh, in the heart. Um, so when laws are interpreted rationally and consistently, then people know what is lawful and act uh, accordingly. Uh, when laws are wrongly interpreted or ignored by those putting them into effect, then the law effectively changes moment to moment, causing chaos, which I believe is the intended purpose. Uh, now, whose intention that is? Well, it starts with the devil and then you know, those who wish to follow the devil's wrong things. So uh, um, you know, that's what happens when uh, judges don't interpret the law according to what's written but make up these things. Now, in, in talking about the Constitution, you could say abortion is not mentioned in the Constitution, so end of discussion. Any questions? Right? But there's more to it than that, because that would just put it back to the states. And I don't think that... Uh, I think in my reading of the Constitution, as I'll show in, in a moment, um, the Constitution actually precludes the idea of legal abortion. All right, and the first part of that we'll start right in the preamble. Um, um, if you've watched uh, Schoolhouse Rock, you could probably <laughs> sing it along with me, right? <laughs> we the people, in order. Well, anyways. Um, uh, the pre now the preamble is is not used, uh, to my knowledge, uh, very often to define law or to de determine the constitutionality of law. But the preamble does give context to the articles and amendments which follow, and it also provides the necessary context for the source of authority and law in the nation, right? We, the people, um, uh, ordain the, these laws and, and the structure of the government and such. Um, also, uh, the preamble states the purpose of the Constitution, uh, which is, among other things, to, quote, Secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, e -e -e, if you know the song, right? Um, our posterity, those who come after us, right? Posterity. Uh, since the blessings of liberty cannot be secured for people who are murdered before they are born, this already makes any law or constitutional interpretation legalizing abortion as contrary to the Constitution and should be ruled unconstitutional. Should be. Uh, right, because if if you allow the murdering of our posterity before they're born, you are taking away their rights as enumerated below. Right, so first part, the preamble already, um, and uh, these are in 
order of uh, as they come in the Constitution. Article one gives legislative powers to the Congress, not to the judicial branch. But in in creating Roe versus Wade, because abortion isn't mentioned in the Constitution, um, it, it was not up to the courts to legislate this. So in effect, uh, the the opinion of Roe versus Wade created a new law, which didn't exist before and wasn't in the Constitution, so they were actually legislating, which is why, you know, all the um, challenges to the abortion laws and the chipping away that had to have be done to protect uh, children, um, it all has to go through the courts because the legislature had nothing to do with it. Um, and Article 3 is similar, uh, that the judicial power is granted as the courts uh, granted to the courts as administered by law, which is interesting. So uh, even the, the courts have to only go by what the law says. Uh, I think that was in the last, one of the latest uh, uh, Supreme Court appointments, you know, th this came up, that um, the judge really can't always judge according to their personal beliefs and opinions they have to rule according to what the law says, you know, starting with the Constitution and then the, uh, the other laws that are written. Um, and, uh, and Roe versus Wade kind of goes beyond that. And, and that's just, this is just the context here. But uh, the Fifth Amendment, which says, uh, among other things, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, and then further down it says, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, I, I think that this uh, precludes um, the federal government from interfering in uh, abortion because Roe versus Wade provides for the capital punishment of people without due process of law, as it says. Um, and they can do this simply on the whim of the mother without even uh, even over the objections of the father sometimes, right? Um, so because it provides this uh, capital punishment to the child without due process of law, the Fifth Amendment does not allow uh, for abortion if, if properly applied. Uh, likewise, any other state law legalizing abortion should be considered unconstitutional be, because it would uh, deprive a person uh, uh, without deprive a person of life without due process of law. And this is covered. Uh, um, oh yeah, the next one, the Tenth Amendment. So, so the Fifth Amendment would seem to uh, a good reading of the Fifth Amendment would preclude Roe versus Wade or uh, abortion. And the Tenth Amendment is similar. It says, uh, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Um, oh, this is different. Um, so this, uh, this invalidates Roe versus Wade, but would not uh, outlaw all abortion, right? Uh, because the courts gave the power to the federal government uh, and especially to the federal courts, which is not, quote, delegated by the Constitution. Um, so uh, because of the Tenth Amendment, 
the federal government should have no no say in this. If if there should be laws regulating abortion, it should be to the states, except for the other reasons that I mentioned um, and will mention. Um, and uh, though this is a bit off topic for this discussion, this amendment also invalidates the Obergefell dis uh, decision, which effectively outlawed marriage and imposed a perverse homosexual marriage and opened the door to legalized polygamy, which strangely has not been implemented, um, which is which is fine. It, it shouldn't be, but... Uh, People don't uh, get along well enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so uh, what is not... Uh, delegated by the Constitution or uh, the, the powers should go to the states anyways. All right, the 13th Amendment. Um, Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Now, this isn't against abortion particularly, but slavery. But the principle behind the 13th Amendment uh, could easily be extended to apply to abortion also, right? Abortion is much worse than slavery because uh, the owners did not kill their slaves, right? They kept them alive so they could profit from their work. Um, uh, because the value of a slave is greatly diminished if he's dead, right? You can see that. So the child um, is seen as property. Yeah. Um, so if, if slavery was abolished for depriving citizens of their freedom, but not necessarily their life, then surely legalized abortion should be abolished for depriving citizens of life and the blessings of freedom which go along with, with life. So uh, um, it's, not a, it's not a giant step away from the 13th Amendment to... Uh, yes. And I'm not going to get into legal distinction. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that leads me to the 14th Amendment, um, where it says, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its juris jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Uh, so this amendment clarifies uh, citizenship, and though, although it does specify persons born or naturalized in the United States, every person born uh, of United States citizens, or who are born as uh, United States citizens, are the same people they were before they were born, right? Um, and should not be denied life simply because they have not been born yet. These are the posterity mentioned in the preamble, according to my notes, and, and this amendment um, says you shall not uh, um, deprive them of uh, life, liberty, or property without due process of law, and, uh, and they should have equal protection under the law. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, so this, this does specify born, 
but uh, and again, it would be one one uh, another step to say from born to preborn, I suppose. But uh, um, so all these reasons are how, how the uh, U.S. Const- how abortion uh, really goes against the Constitution. It, uh, um, it it would it is in the interest of the United States to have uh, it, its citizens you know have their full rights and uh, to use them and. More than that, right? It's a, in in God's good um, plan. The government is part of God's left hand kingdom, right? God rules um, where we see the government ruling. Now that's assuming that the government is doing what God wants and and are, are doing righteous laws. And um, so the first uh, passage we can look to is Romans thirteen, particularly uh, verses three and four. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So it is the proper role of the government to punish wrongdoers and commend or reward those who do right. Um, now, this particular passage doesn't address the uh, tyrannical governor or judge who makes unlawful decrees or judgments. Um, but uh, when, when that happens, then Christians must stand up and say, well, what I have done is good and proper and God-pleasing, but you are unlawful. You may punish me for doing what is right, but I pray that God will curse you until you repent, lest you find yourself as God's enemy when he comes to judge you. So. Uh, the go- God instituted the government to punish wrongdoers and to reward um, people who do good. Um, uh, no one could say that uh, uh, children, by their very existence, are doing wrong and deserve capital punishment. They do say that, but they can't. I mean, we can plainly say that that's wrong. Um, another uh, part, uh, the Book of Judges, which I think you just... Uh, uh, picked as no Exodus. You picked Exodus. That was one of your someone, choices. Someone um, a common refrain in the Book of Judges is: "In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every did, everyone did what was right in his own eyes." Now, this is a damning statement from God concerning His people. God was their king, right? But they they considered that we have no king. We can do what we want. So they did what was right in their own eyes. But what seems right in the eyes of sinners. Uh, is evil in God's eyes and according to his commandments. When sinners do what is right in their own eyes, they commit adultery, for example, and murder and all other kinds of evil. So, uh, um, yeah, so uh, uh, don't, uh, as uh, the Disney cartoons say, don't look to your own heart to see what is good and right. You know, look to God's commandments. Um Uh, there's a couple more here um, in Deuteronomy 16, 18 through 20, um, where God tells them to appoint judges, but it says, you shall not show partiality and not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of justice and subverts the cause of the righteous. Uh, justice and only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So um, God tells them to do what is just and right, you know, follow the law. 
Um, Deuteronomy 27, verse 25, Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. And all the people shall say, Amen. Um, so here, um, a curse, God gives a curse to uh, judges who rule unjustly uh, to, to, for, for a bribe or for any uh, reason similar to that. Um, I'm more concerned with the United States here. This is about abortion. Um, uh, Jeremiah 32, this is about uh, Molech. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 33 through 35. Uh, the prophecy of the Lord concerning Judah, he says, They have turned to me their back and not their face. And though I have taught them persistently, they have not listened to receive instruction. They set up their abominations in the house that is called by my name to defile it. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. So uh, here God is uh, cursing the land. Um, so if, if you want to know where, whence comes our um, uh, tyrannical government and uh, and inflation and uh, what what is yet to follow which uh, is not a pleasant prospect um, it's uh, the curse of God for for such a an abomination right slavery was was a terrible injustice and God's punishment on the nation there or God's discipline either way you want to look at it was the the Civil War um, the, uh, the, the wickedness of abortion is so much greater than the, the sin of abortion and I would perhaps expect uh, uh, either a similar or worse um, discipline to come as, as a result. So, so don't be surprised. I, I always see that uh, you know the death of the infants uh, when he, God delivered just before God delivered Israel from, from uh, Egypt and the death in Bethlehem before he delivered, I think it might be a sign of the times that this this uh, mass slaughter of innocence that he's coming again to get us, which I do hope is true. And and in the days of Moses, as we'll find in our uh, upcoming Bible study, here's, here's a preview, if I may, um, right? It caused the people to cry out to God, God help us. You know, we have sinned. We need your help. We, we can't get out of this. Uh, um, uh, so um, just a, a couple more um, so, so you know, I mean God works everything out for the good so whatever comes God will work it out for good and for his, for his praise and glory um, Proverbs 24, 23 through 26 these are also the saying of, sayings of the wise partiality in judging is not good whoever says to the wicked you are in the right will be cursed by peoples, abhorred by nations. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that's a good thing, right? Is that a good thing? It's a good thing. <laughs> she says it's a good thing. If you're wearing um, your mask. <laughs> I've, I've never worn a mask when I was kissing my wife. So I'll say that. Um, so, uh, so uh, again, uh, 
one of the proverb this proverb shows that uh, God likes justice and and you can't say you know whoever uh, says to the wicked you are right will be cursed by the peoples so it is it is proper for us to curse people for their benefit again right I think I tried to bring that out in the Bible said I don't know how effective I was but uh, um, not not a damn you kind of curse but you know may God you know bring you pain and sorrow until you repent kind of a curse you know um, there, there is forgiveness in Christ but uh, uh, but but the, the wicked who continue to promote wickedness and say that this is right should not be in positions of authority and power and they should not be able to take our money and hurt us with it right um, so uh, so that kind of a curse uh, is good but but bless those judges like uh, um, uh, like uh, Justice Alito and, and those with him who uh, seek to uh, to, to bring back justice to our laws. Um, and another proverb, 29, verse 14. Uh, if a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. So um, I think he's talking about Jesus there, right? His, his is the throne who will be established forever. But uh, um, again, the, the unborn are, are the poorest among us, and, and they, uh, they need protection from the king. Or whoever is in in charge, and uh, um, and God uh, promises to bless such good judgments and that, and uh, for our benefit, right? God God wants what is best for us, for our people, and uh, to to let us get away with the murder is not good. But so that's uh, my presentation. Any questions, uh, Tony? Uh, Pastor Wolf, I commend you first of all for pointing out so clearly all the uh, lines from our Constitution and from the Bible that speak on behalf of the rights of the unborn child. The question I have is, is there any possible defense of abortion in the U.S. Constitution or in the Bible? That's a good question. Uh, I, I would say certainly not. Um, well, you could say self-defense. There's uh, the the one you know, one one uh, objection that people have. Well, what about if uh, the life of the mother is endangered, like a tubal pregnancy? It can't it can't be taken to, to term, and if left untreated, uh, the mother would bleed to death. What I would say, the exception, you know, in, in making these laws, I would not allow abortion, or I think a, a wise judge, right, I'm pointing to me, but a wise judge would say, we should not uh, permit abortion at all, but, but uh, no prosecutor should, um, should uh, seek prosecution to any doctor who would seek to save a mother's life by delivering a child early. But you would also say, well, um, the, the proof of, uh, you know, not aborting would be you can't poison the child or the mother and you should not attack or injure uh, the, the child in the process. You should try to deliver the child where possible, but don't rip him apart or poison him or, uh, you know, otherwise uh, inflict injury to murder him. Uh, so, so self-defense would such an infinitesimal percentage of yeah. a 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. It probably happens, you know, hundreds of times a year in the United States, but certainly not thousands, certainly not millions. It's a very small percentage. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but it does happen, and it's tragic, but the, the intention not be to attack the child, but to, to, to deliver it if, if possible. Or didn't have life if they were a jubal pregnancy. Yeah. The baby has already died. Or yeah. not but there's there's other instances. I I, I saw a uh, one where the mother contracted cancer, and she actually put off chemotherapy for the sake of her child, and and she died. Um, so you you could uh, um, you know try to you know let the child grow to a. a a stage where it can be uh, supported outside of, of the mother and then uh, um, try to uh, administer the life-saving uh, uh, treatment to the mother um, or, or, you know, in, in that case, I mean, it was the mother's choice to uh, sacrifice her life in favor of her child, but, you know, not all mothers might do that and um, I don't know that we would necessarily expect them to all to uh, to do that, but uh, uh, you know it, it should always be to try to save the life of the child and the mother. But if if not, if what is not able, then you still try to save the child without going ahead and murdering it. Yes, Gary. Yeah, um, with regard to the Constitution and whether or not it could be used to stop abortion or even allow it, what they did in the Supreme Court decision Roe versus Wade is they used the Tenth Amendment given to the people to um, have the full right to privacy. They've never really actually made abortion legal in our country. They've only said you have the right to do it. They stepped on two areas, though, when they did that. Number one, you mentioned the preamble, and that's very important because I have recently been thinking we should take the uh, preamble to the Declaration of Independence and make a connection between it and the Constitution, and I think they did that in the preamble, not as strong as I like to see it, but still they did that in the sense that when they talk about the state has to protect the issue of the child, that basically says that if the federal government isn't going to do it, then the states have to do it. Boom, boom, because they didn't prohibit it in the states. So the states have the right to make that law to, to ban uh, abortions, which I understand this state has done. Back in 1932, someone was done. Um, and, and so like I say, they, what, what the court did, and I'm not sure, I, I think of, uh, what was her name, Ginsburg, but there's another, Another Jewish jurisprudence uh, uh, guy back when, I forget his name, I can't think of his name. Uh, but anyway, what they've done is they, they, they've twisted these things in the Constitution to make it seem like it's legal. What the court is doing now, despite the view of Justice Roberts, who I would say is, in a sense, an antithesis to Rehnquist, the opposite of, what the court has done now is to recognize the fact that did not have the right to do what they did. I think principally, and it doesn't come out in their statement, but it's based on the preamble and, 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 and this flowing of, of power down to the people. Yeah, and, and you can you can read uh, Alito's uh, draft to see he makes some uh, okay. much le greater uh, legal uh, the thing that connections. The surprises me about our Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice uh, uh, Roberts is if you read the Hosanna Tabor statements he made in his brief, uh, you know, for the decision supporting the church in the case of uh, Hosanna Tabor. 
he made a huge dissertation on why the churches have these powers. And yet, in matters recently, and I think even in this one here, he has completely flipped his stance. He's returned to something. And uh, I find it amazing. Rehnquist was true to his faith, I believe. I don't think that Roberts has been. But then I look at our president, beat the president down, but he's a Catholic and he's totally for abortion. And yet the Catholic Church has been again from the beginning. This is another travesty, you know, of, of, of justice. Uh, I think the power is in, this, in, in, in the uh, Constitution under this, for some of the principles you mentioned, to basically ban all abortion. But it's up to the states. And politically, and you're going to get this, I think we all have to be aware of that and act accordingly to keep but what I'm what I'm saying is that uh, because it, it is in, in, in the interest of the, the United States as a whole to protect its citizens, right. and uh, and because of that, I think uh, a wise decision would not just send it back to the states, but to say no, it's in our interest, you know, for the people to, uh, uh, you know, we can't just kill people without without cause. Well, recognize too that people who come to here illegally go to a clinic. And bear a child on U.S. soil. That child, yeah. whether their parents are citizens or not, is considered to be an American citizen. So, yeah. in that case, and Coulter has has good good uh, discussion on why that shouldn't be. But, but, uh, but the bottom line is, the fact is, is that is it is held that the Constitution recognizes the fact that you were mentioning that the pre-issue child is indeed so sooner or later an adult, earlier <coughs> a citizen. And, and that, that well, that, that amendment, I think, came up in, in, in regards to uh, the slavery issue and uh, that the children of slaves would also be citizens. Uh, like that. Well, yeah, but the point is, is that it, 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 does, it does show that this, that this concept flows. And so, like I'm saying, it can flow for anybody. In other words, it, it kind of nails down this principle. It's not just a special principle. It's a key principle. Uh, the ground is that, you know, something that we can sit on, you know, and, and take, uh, take with us. Anyway.